and welcome to the Department of Metal Antiquities. Well, we remember what everyone else has forgotten. As always, it is Nick Cameron, also of the Glacier Musical Podcast, joined by Duncan Evans, the musical chameleon or amphibian, one of the two, not sure, of Duncan Evans music, Moonlow, Waxworm, and I'm sure there's something else coming down the pipe. How are we doing today? Probably. Um, yes, doing all right. Yeah, last time that we recorded this, I, I was uh, mid-COVID, but I'm past that now. I'm testing negative still a little bit of a sniffle so it got me for about a week i was fairly not terrible but moderately ill like didn't want to do much apart from hang about the house for a week and wasn't allowed really to do anything but that anyway so yeah you know, I, but, um, I had when i had covid i had it a lot better than you i i didn't really get any sickness i just got really hungry after my quarantine period was over which whenever i get really hungry it means i'm over something yeah, yeah. But I was enough. really hungry for like five or six days. Right, right. That is not the case. So apparently my innards would work in triple, quadruple time to keep me from being symptomatic, which I'm, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I don't like to talk about COVID on this show too much, but you had it recently and I had it the week before. And yeah. I fear that COVID is going to be labeled an endemic soon because i think there are just too many variants that we can't keep up well yeah let's just hope that um the way it works is that because of vaccines and the variants sort of the way they morph hopefully it will become less and less deadly but we don't know there could just be that variant that suddenly comes up that that uh that is super deadly or super transmissible or both or whatever. But let's just, let's just hope that uh, we're kind of over the worst of it. I mean, the way I was, if everybody only got it like that, then there wouldn't be any need for lockdowns or anything. It, it was okay. You know, I, 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 I was ill enough. I didn't really want to leave the house, but it certainly wasn't life-threatening or, you know, worrying in that sort of way. I wasn't even shivering in bed or anything. I could get up and, do things I needed to do in the house. So, yeah, so hopefully it's going in that direction. Um, but anyway, let's move on from that. Um, fair enough, topic. fair enough. Um, I uh, I don't know how you're doing today, but I have been awake now for seven hours. It is uh, just after 1.30 p.m. here in St. Louis. It is uh, So what does bomb. that work out? Se seven hours, is that 5 a.m.? 6.30. Right, okay, I didn't quite I've been awake since okay. 6.30 a.m. because we That's are... Still working hard at our old house and had to do a bunch of yard work because we've got workmen coming this week to do extra work and had to be there and had to be here. And I've already, I even had lunch. I, I, I've eaten lunch today, which is unusual for a Sunday, but uh, right. I am tired and hyper and kind of all over it. Yeah, well, yeah, no, fair enough, man. Um, yeah, I'm okay. I've just I've been able to to actually leave the house the last couple of days. So I went for a curry last night, which was good. I saw that. Um, what kind of curry did you have? Um, I had a what what was it called? Now it was called a lamb Saracen handy, and basically it had mustard seeds as well as um. I guess you more standard spices, ginger, coriander, garlic, and whatever. Um, it was interesting. I liked it. Yeah, it was nice. Um, new new place. Tried out a new new restaurant I'd not been to before in a place called Conisborough, which is um, so I got a train and so I drove to town, got the train, then my friend picked me up, and then we drove another 20 minutes. So it was like a a, a three-legged journey, basically. Um, so but yeah, nice place. So I'll go back there. I uh, um, so, I have not had a nice curry in quite a while. I am ready for a curry. Yeah, well, there you go. You'll have to get on that, man. Um, okay, well, look, all this aside, what are we talking about today, then? Now, this is the Department of Metal Antiquities. We discussed the albums by A-list players that came and went, or people just don't remember. And we're breaking one of those rules today, because this one is kind of remembered. This is the smith Kotzen release from 2021 we are not doing the ep at the end that they released at the end of 2021 as well because i only discovered that 10 minutes before we started recording mm -hmm. but this one when it came out i actually earmarked it because i thought this is something that could easily just fall right in excuse me 
fall right into the kind of thing we do where that was not to speaking not speaking of quality because i don't you know this isn't about you know bagging on albums that didn't work or whatever it's about sifting through all the stuff that's happened to see if there's something there because i've always enjoyed the lesser known albums by artists you know danny my good friend danny always makes fun of me because i my favorite albums by every band i cover i like tend to be the ones people don't like that much Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so and i also love solo projects that i don't know why i just do so that's why we did this and that's what this looked like because richie cotton as we all know has been in about a million bands most most recently he is a member of the winery dogs with billy sheehan formerly of mr big Mm -hmm. uh personally have not checked that out i'm not really interested in that and of course adrian smith is of Iron Maiden. Now, what, what I like about this is this is, I guess, our third album, our third episode featuring Iron Maiden content. However, Adrian Smith was not on either of the first two. Yeah, true. Very true. Yes, the, absolutely. The first one we did was, uh, was, was uh, Samson, Head On. Yeah. Featuring Thunderstick on the drums and Bruce Bruce. Cover on the drums, yeah. Bruce Bruce, yeah, exactly. And then the second Iron Maiden content we did was, was it the X Factor? I think it was the X Factor rather than Virtual Eleven. I'm pretty sure it was the X Factor. It was definitely one of the, um, uh, what's he called? What is he called? Blaze Bailey. Blaze Bailey, Bailey. yes. And it doesn't really matter because both of those albums are just abjectly terrible. (laughs) Yeah, they're not brilliant, man. They're not brilliant. I don't know about abjectly terrible, but they're not not great. Not great. Okay. They are not necessarily abjectly terrible, but they are objectively albums that did not fulfill their potential. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's totally right. So Yeah, I guess the thing with this one, this Smith Cotson, is that although because we're only one year after its release, it's not forgotten. But I I mean, look, I, d- I don't want to uh, be derogatory to- towards it in any way, but maybe in 10 years' time, it kind of will be forgotten. I don't, I don't think that this is going to be one of those classics that um, is hailed for decades to come. I think it will be a bit of a forgotten, for, for a lot of people, a forgotten gem that they will kind of be looking through the Wikipedia loop of Iron Maiden or Richie Cotson and they'll go, wow, okay, I didn't know that happened. Just like we do when we're finding the albums to yes. check out from the past. I think it probably will become one of those types of albums. Yes, we are, we are now, we are recording an episode on an album to have that will have been forgotten in the future. I think that's right, yeah. We are literally living the days of future past. Indeed, indeed. So, yeah, this was recorded in February. So, so the album is just self-titled. The only full album they did. Um, I'm going to just mention the album cover. It's very, it like, it, the, the there's a logo that says SK, and it looks quite a lot like the Michael Schenker group logo, the MSG one, mm-hmm. not monosodium glutamate. But, like, you know, this, this, big sort of very 80s very iconic kind of stamp type of coat of arms almost type of um logo it uh, looks like the kind of album that a super group would have done in the 80s like the totally does yeah the neil sean sammy hagar album i don't know if you've heard of that that's something actually we probably should cover right yeah we can do that i don't know if I, yeah i don't i'm not i don't know don't and know it just looks like that kind of cover it's just this bland thing and it's got their names and yeah it's yeah. looks like the exact same thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah but um it was recorded just before the pandemic it was recorded in february 2020 and then released in march 2021 um just when i guess around the time we started to come out of all this thing a little bit um <coughs> So, yeah, okay, well, let's talk about the lineup. So, Adrian Smith guitar vocals bass on three tracks, Richie Cotson guitar vocals bass on six tracks, and drums on five tracks. Wow, okay. Um, so, multi instrumentalist Nico McBrain guests on one track playing the drums. Um, 
Tal Bergman, who is Richie Cotson's normal drummer, plays on um, three tracks, the same ones that Adrian Smith switches to bass on. And it's produced by Cotson and Smith, all songs by Cotson and Smith, mixed by Kevin Shirley, Kevin the Caveman Shirley, who's mixed and produced actually um, all of Maiden's albums for since um, the reunion, since um, Brave New World. Um, how did it do reviews wise? It seemed to do quite well. Like Kerrang gave it three star, Louder gave it four star, Metal Hammer gave it like um, three and a half star, so probably like um, 70%, I guess, seven out of ten. Um, it did okay in the charts, it hit. Um, let's just have a little look here UK number 17, US number 10. Um, so you know, this was quite recognized um yeah it, it definitely made a splash it made a far bigger splash than an album like this normally would this has the the smell of you know two guys they're in between main projects and they just have a little bit of time they get together record something put it out they have also been touring the, this. They just oh, I did up, not know that. Right, okay. They just finished up a UK tour, I believe, this month. Oh wow, okay. Did not know that at all. Um, I wonder what size venues they're playing. Summer. I'd be I'd be interested to know what size venues they're playing. Actually, so I'm gonna I'm uh, gonna look this up. Um, they played the Islington Assembly Hall in London in March. I see. I don't know the the uh, the assembly hall, but um, oh, here we go. Oh wow, they went. They played Leeds Brudenell Social Club. So that is our our local venue. It's the best venue that I know. Um, but it's it's a really quite small venue. They they have two rooms. They built a second room, and I would say each room is about possibly four hundred at most capacity. So we're talking, this is like club size venue. Yes, Islington um, Assembly Hall. I'm looking at their Wikipedia page right now. It It's a gorgeous building, but it, I mean, it's tiny. It's not even, it, it's got yeah. a maximum capacity of 900. And that well, includes yeah. a 200 seat balcony. Right, there you go. And like there's one Bristol fleece, like whenever anything's got, something like fleece in it that means it's a pub or was once a pub so mm. yeah they're playing like large pub sized venues or, or sort of small to medium club sized venues so there you go so so no that's that's interesting to me um on the yeah. on this tour i mean the set list is taking my chances better days some people glory road you don't know me hate and love i want to stay till tomorrow scar has got to hold me rise again running you can't save me wasted years and solar fire so that really is pretty much the whole album with pro probably the ep thrown in as well yeah they played the entire yeah they played everything off smith's coffin the four off better days and two covers there you go there you go so if you were there to hear iron maiden or anything else richie Cotson has done that's unfortunate not gonna happen yeah exactly um so what apparently ultimate classic rock described this record as a mix of blues, hard rock, traditional R&B and more. And it says here, I'm not quite sure where this is from, but somebody said, and Richie Cotson adds some jazz fusion elements to some sections. So it almost sounds like it's going to be a very old school album and maybe a bit experimental. Um, I would say isn't really that when when you listen to it it doesn't come it's, across that way at all to me no it um, doesn't it's none of that no i can see where they're coming from with some of that blues hard rock i guess traditional r&b i don't know no. what they're talking about jazz fusion i don't know what they're talking no, about no none none um, it's as much jazz fusion as i can play personally right well there which you is go. zero i there cannot play a single jazz chord they're too hard i think they just mean that Richie Cotton sometimes plays some technical guitar, so they go, "That's jazz. <laughs> it's technical, so it must be jazz." Like it goes, this... "Oh, that's jazz fusion." No, it's not. It's no, fat. it's not. This album reminds me of, you know, maybe that's just because the man's on my mind these days. But it reminds me a lot of the Vinnie Vincent Invasion record that we, did. right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's 
you know, there's a lot of standard chord progressions. There's a lot of traditional old school rock music. And that's how I would describe this album. It is an old school blues rock album. Right. And well, done by two guys that can play the guitar better than 99.9% of the people on the entire planet. Yeah, yeah. Um, we should talk about the vocals as well. The vocals, I think it's Richie Cotson doing the lead vocal. It's both of them. Right. Now, I, this is weird because I basically can't tell the difference. I know there's some harmonies where they're both singing and a lot of the choruses are both. But I was trying to work out who was singing. I lead. never could figure it, it out. didn't really sound like it changed. But I was I was watching the videos. I watched a, a playlist version. So did I. A playlist version that had the singles of which there are four, all had the music video version. So I was looking at who was singing. And sometimes I actually couldn't even tell because they were like close-ups on people's nostril hair and stuff. But <laughs> other times, there was definitely one where it was clearly Cotson doing most of the lead. But yeah, I, other times I wasn't sure. And I, I couldn't really tell. So I, Adrian, I Adrian can sing. There were a few tours where Bruce would have him sing lead on... Uh, wasted years right because right. those were the two that were out of iron maiden during that time so i guess you know on stage anyway they call them the wasted years yes but and you know adrian was fine um in the in those moments i wouldn't say he was memorable yeah but i also wouldn't say any of the vocals on smith cotson are memorable either mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. acceptable not memorable tolerable mm-hmm. Sometimes okay. Tolerable. I like it. I like it. Okay, well, look, should we... I don't feel like there's much more background on this. Should we get into the track by track? We can do that, because I have... Uh, this is going to be the first time, I think, where I have nothing else to say. Yeah, sure. So, okay, let's do this. All right, you started this week. All right, so track one, we have... Um, Taking My Chances. So this is one of the singles... Yep. Starts with some kind of twiddly lead. Then it goes in with these big commercial metal riffs. And I'm kind of, I'll be honest, my heart kind of sank a bit. I went, ah, I dropped D, big commercial metal riffs like. Had you heard any of this before today? No, not so. Okay. And then there's some nice lead guitar over the top. You know, fine. These guys can play the guitar. And then there's some kind of bluesy, like, I guess slightly jazzy, actually, but those sort of Hendrix-type chords over the verse, kind of bluesy post-grunge alt-rock vocals. Oh, my. Like the guy from Creed or something. Um, but, oh. you know, it's fine. Um, That's an insult. Chorus. That is an oh, insult. I'm sorry. Catchy chorus with vocal harmonies. Yeah, yeah. Um, quite good, but very commercial. Yeah. Um, some good riffy bits. Bluesy guitar solo, which I think is Smith, and then a Cotson, Richie Cotson solo. But Cotson's generally a bit more technical, um, even though Cotson's more known for blues, and um, Smith is obviously a metal player. Smith's style is quite old school. It's very derived from the 70s, whereas um, Cotson's quite an 80s guy with a lot of tapping and stuff like that. So you can kind of tell who's doing what. Um, by the way, just to spoil this for everyone, um, there's about nine guitar solos on every track. Um, so, yeah. Um, I didn't even notice most of them, to be honest with you. Really? Okay. Yes. I thought they were pretty much the only thing that I could notice, but okay. <laughs> I but, envy you. Fine. Uh, well, do you look, have anything else fine. on this one? No, well, just that it was fine, but this is... It could have been anything. It's like here we have um, a radio, a digital radio show called um, Planet Rock, and they basically, they, they, you know, it does what it says on the tin. They play a lot of rock music, bit, you know, metal, classic rock. So they play all the stuff that we all know: Led Zeppelin, Metallica, whatever else. And then they'll they'll, they'll also play the new stuff that's coming out that's being championed. Um, but it's always bands that are a little bit old school classic rock, even though they're a new band. And so much of it is just samey, trite, mm. oh, nonsense. Yeah. This just, I have to be honest, it's very adept. They're great at what they're doing, but eh, it just reminds me of that. This is just, this could be in the background on classic rock radio 
in a rock bar anywhere and it would be totally inoffensive and okay and yeah, fine. Wow, Duncan has fired some shots. Now I'm going to completely agree with him. Uh, <laughs> right. It starts off and it's got, you know, the way I wrote it down is it was so metal. It starts off metal and I'm a little excited because I didn't know what to expect on this. Yeah, you hadn't and, heard any either, no. No, I had, I listened to it last night for the first time and I listened to it again today. Right. Right. I didn't take any notes last time, but I, I did it this morning. And it's part of why I got up so early was so I could listen again before everybody got yep. up. And it's, you know, it's, it starts off really, really metal riffy. And then all of a sudden it's just not that anymore. Now it's just this, the, the well-worn often used it's, you know, there's not a whole lot of tread left on these tires kind of riffs, which is why it reminded me very much of the Vinnie Vincent album we did. Yeah. Cause that's how those riffs were very well-worn, very overused. very And that was in the early eighties and we're now 40 years on similar riffs exactly and i know you know i know there's nothing new under the sun but you got to work a little bit harder to find something new than what they found here and i thought this song had shockingly little guitar for these two guys being on there i mean i was expecting these over-the-top riffs i was expecting over-the-top guitar solos and i got neither I got a safe record. I got a safe song. It's a safe single. It's nothing out of the ordinary. It's nothing. It's very commercial. And, you know, Iron Maiden made their hay on being non-commercial. Mm. Now, Ritzy Cotton, yeah, he's, he's a commercial guy. So there's going to be some commerciality to it, of course. But I was expecting something very different than what arrived through my speaker. Yeah, I guess I was hoping for something more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, same. Okay. Well, track two is running. Not yes, running is. free, but running. So what did you make of this? Did it leave you wanting to be running? Oh, that's not good. I mean, that's a bad, that's a bad joke. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, again, it's riffy. It starts off riffy, but I'm not hearing anything to really, it's riffy, not hooky. Yeah. And it's it's very it's if you're going to write commercialish music, you've got to be able to throw some hooks in there. Nothing pulled me. Nothing grabbed me. It's it's the first song was bland. It, it was frankly a bland song. And this one is this is what it tastes like when you put water in your spaghetti sauce in order to make it go longer. And yeah. it's just it's just come on, do something. Anything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much agree, man. This is another single. This was, I think, the second or third. I don't know what it was, but it was one of the singles. Um, yeah, more metally riffs, bluesy vocals, um, commercial catchy chorus. But the thing is, even though these choruses are catchy, I can't remember any of them, really. I, I can remember none of the choruses. I got nothing on any. You're not going to hear me talk about a chorus today. It's like they're so standard catchy. They're, they're by numbers catchy so that they just blur in with everything else you've heard that's catchy. They're, they're catchy without having that special thing. Like when Jimmy Page writes a riff, it's like super, a super simple, basic bluesy riff, but it just does that one thing that's a bit weird. Yeah, like that, like remember in, um, the, the riff to Over the Hills and Far Away. Yeah. It's just him strumming a couple basic chords but he does this thing on one note on yeah. that chord that just completely changes the sound. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just him strumming the chords and but yeah. just the whipping that that middle finger, that ring finger up and down changes yeah. the shape of it. Yeah. Nothing there's nothing here like that. No, exactly. So I've written look, it's totally fine, but it's nothing particularly special or original and it's just very okay. Like there's nothing to hate about it. They don't do anything really stupid. It's not like they have these horrendously bad lyrics. I don't think the lyrics are great, but there's nothing horrendously. There's bad. some bad ones. We get to some bad ones. Yeah. Later. Okay. Okay. But it, but there's just nothing to rave about. Look, there's more solos that yeah, yeah, there's actually a quite maidenish solo from Smith, which is okay. And there's another solo from Richie Cotson. I kind of think look, and uh, this is slightly spoiling my sum up in a way, but it's like. 
it feels like when I used to buy guitar magazines and they'd, they'd have these exercises, you know, all, all the pro guitar players <laughs> that would write for the pro guitar players that couldn't quite get the gig as like touring guitarists for, I don't know, uh, Def Leppard or wh whatever it was that you wanted to be. They would write for the guitar magazines and they would do these um exercises like you know generic blues solo number 38 and it would like and they'd go and it would be totally fine very very competent but very much for the guitar players yeah to get yeah into and chat about what mode they're playing and there's a lot of that here there's a lot of like oh i can hear richie's doing those tapping bends and all this but does it really make me feel anything Nah. It's a whole lot of words without saying anything. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, it, it, this is definitely a by the numbers. You know, this is definitely blues rock shuffle number 48. Exactly. And it, it's a lot of that. And, and you're absolutely right. Do I hate this? No, I haven't hated anything so far. Do I yeah. love it? Also, no. Exactly. Okay. So number three, Scars. This is an, yet another single. And it starts with an 80s-ish Of acoustic. course, this one was the single. This had to be mm. a single. Well, it's, yeah, 80s-ish acoustic and clean guitar doing these tense arpeggios. Mm -hmm. Some good lead guitars, some nice volume swells. But again, it's like I'm talking about the technical aspects of the guitar solo because this is Total Guitar Magazine that we're talking about here. Then it kicks in with a slow and steady stomp, but it's like dark, bluesy, hard rock. Cotson's singing lead, I think, on this one. There's some great high notes in there. He does, you know, he's got a good bluesy voice. It's nothing, again, it doesn't have that much of his own character, but he does hit some of those great notes. Chorus with harmonies again. And look, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say this sounds a bit like a watered-down Alice in Chains combined with Bon Jovi. Ooh, there's a, there's a match made in stupid. Yeah. And you know what? It's fine. But then there's more guitar solos, surprise, surprise. And then they do another. And this becomes a running theme. They basically have like maybe verse, chorus, verse, chorus, two guitar solos, chorus, three or four more guitar solos, perhaps another chorus end. But the solos aren't really, really even long enough to be. They're not even long enough to, to, to grab me. Yeah, fair enough, man. Fair enough. That's, I think that's why I didn't notice, you know, the rapid fire solos. As I'm, you know, looking back through my notes and reading through this and trying to remember this album, yeah, there was definitely some solos. There was definitely some trade offs. And this one has that. It, so, track three, it is now time for the big get your lighters out solos. Uh, yeah. Back in the olden days when you could smoke in the venues, everybody had a lighter. Yeah. And so when they would play their big ballad, they would say, get your lighters out. So we'd all hold our lighters up. And it made this wonderful, amazing thing that doesn't look so much cooler than the cell phones do now. I'm sorry, it, it looked cooler. Yeah, but, no, I agree, I agree. You know, it, that's what this is. It's the big ballad woo-hoo time. And, you know, it's, it's not bad. It's not great. You know, it's a very... It's got some really huge 80s hair metal guitar solos. And then we do this trade-off at the end where they're dueling each other like they're blues men. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't do. I mean, it doesn't do anything for me. And that is literally what I am here for. I am here for these two guys to to cut heads and melt faces at each other. Yeah. And the solos are just so very generic it does nothing so next we move on from scars to some people now here to me is where it gets more like alice in chains it's got that doom da doom kind of off kilter rhythm it's a slow thumping rocker and then they do the real <laughs> bluesy vocals which sounds so that was brilliant, Nick. Hey, I, uh, I have coughed my way through a couple of songs here and there. That was good, man. And that's what, the, but I mean, that's what this song is. It's that, that gospel choir kind of stuff with only one dude doing it. And this is the first time I would say this album sounds disingenuous. It's the first time where I would say this song 
didn't just grab it didn't just not grab me but this song is actually bad to the point where i'm mm. like going just end this let's move on to the next one i got no idea about anything else on this song it just turned me off so hard with those vocals that i checked out immediately yeah fair enough man i mean yeah you've got some 80s gated reverb on the snare drum here um hendrix-esque guitar riffs and twiddly bass bits again yeah it's bluesy very commercial sort of alt rock ish stuff um catch another big catchy rock chorus but again a boring one octave vocals this time look again yeah it's fine but it just feels like this generic classic rock radio stuff again loads of guitar solos look there is some interesting guitar work sometimes especially Cotson does a thing and you're like oh wow yeah as a guitar player that's quite nice it does sound a bit different from your standard twiddly guitar solo and I can tell that he's doing something interesting using a cool, um, unusual technique. But however, eh, but it's just this is not good. Um, yeah, no, not 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 digging it. Um, okay, well, you 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 use the word disingenuous, so I didn't quite feel that on track four, but track five, yeah, I've put the emotional inverted commas chorus really feels unconvincing to me it's just over the top silliness go on nick you're gonna say something no no i'm 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 gathering thoughts i'm trying to i'm holding it i'm i'm, I'm trying to hold it back you go it's okay, your turn okay um i mean yeah this is a bit southern rock for me this one mm -hmm. um, there's some nice hammond organ in there mm -hmm. um, but it's all just so generic and look mm -hmm. there's more alternating bluesy guitar solos mm -hmm. yeah it's it's fine but it's not brilliant and it's just um i don't know it's the sort of thing that when you're like nine or ten and you first kind of really get into rock music, you probably find this really quite exciting. You know, when I was first playing guitar, when I was like 11, I might have heard this and gone, oh, wow, that's really cool. But uh, when you've heard a bit more of what's out there, no, there's just not enough. The emotion's not real. And there isn't really anything underneath the surface. So, I'm sorry, are you finished? Mm-hmm. Okay. So... What I am noticing as this album ticks away, as, as we keep bumping through the tracks, right? They are ticking off every box. So yeah. the first track, you know, is the big thunder pumping commercial single. Then the second one is the, the first single follow up. The third track is the ballad. Then we get to the uh, the disingenuous kind of trying to jump on what's popular single now we have the southern rock anthem this is their attempt at freebird or sweet home alabama and they mm. just missed the mark mm. so hard it's it's if they were diving into a pool if they were attempting to dive into a pool they would have landed on the cement and we would have <laughs> had to call an ambulance and it's just like, oh, my God, this is. We are now to the point of the record where my hopes and dreams for an amazing guitar record have been dashed and spat on. We are, we are now at the point where I'm like, oh, my God, this really is what this is. This is not this is not going to get there. This is, you know, and. So yeah, I I don't know what to make of this one. And then the idea of somebody like Adrian Smith playing on a song called Glory Road, I'm like, it's like, wow, that is. Yeah, good. it's all a bit odd, really, isn't it? Yeah. You know, this exactly. is the song about how getting out there and follow your dreams and do it. And I'm like, you have followed your dreams. You have achieved them. You should not be singing this song. <laughs> this is like, you know, what, Aerosmith did they did dream on mm. on their first record okay if Aerosmith does dream on on their 10th record it, mm. it, it's gonna seem stupid so this song seems stupid yeah yeah and it also it's featuring several pointless guitar solos 
Absolutely. Yes. So, I mean, Which I'm just at the point. The I'm at the point now. It's like, wow, whew, what are we doing here? Mm. Uh, what are we doing, boys? What's the point? Yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, now we move on uh, into Solar Fire. I just want to say, I know it's your turn on this one, but this, I believe, was a single, which has a video at least, yep. and Nico McBrain is on drums for this. I was going to say that just so you okay. know, because I learned right. that like five minutes before we started this. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes, Nico McBrain is on that. And, you know, the first part of my note says, oh, big drums. Yeah. So uh, clearly I noticed there was something different without knowing it was different. I did not. Uh, I didn't, I was cooking and cleaning while I was doing this. I mean, I wasn't watching the videos, but it's got, you know, big screamo energy where, you know, they're just, they're trying uh, lots of solos again. I mean, the solos are all over the place on this one and I couldn't remember a single one of them. Mm -hmm. They all definitely happened though. They were things that happened, I think. Yep. <laughs> and my, you know, at, at this point on this song, on this album, I'm just thinking to myself, what in the hell is this thing? Mm. But again, what are we doing? What are we trying to accomplish? Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, it starts with a drum fill and it's got, it has got a cool groove. It's got one of those snare drum bass grooves where the snare's on every beat. That's nice. But what's on top is more generic bluesy hard rock. Um, yeah, the vocals are quite good, but it's just all very trite. And I would say there's a nice energy that Nico brings. It works well with the bass, um, but no, not good enough. Um, bluesy southern rock vo vocal harmony chorus happens. I would say at this point, it's kind of reminiscent of White Snake. It sounds he sounds a bit like Coverdale, and there are some really nice bluesy high screams. But then guess what? A load more pointless alternating solos. The same old thing. And it's not convincing for me. So that's it. I mean, it feels, it, it felt to me like both of these guys on their solos were holding back the whole time. Maybe, maybe. And I'm like, yeah. this is, you know, your two famously technical lead guitar players playing simple blues based rock. What are you doing? Mm hmm. This, yeah, you should be melting my face, but you're you're just not. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So track seven, you don't know me. So this is where Tal Bergman joins on drums. Um, so for the for, for this until the end, Tal Bergman's on drums. Adrian Smith is on bass from this track until the end as well. So this is slightly odd riff. It's like part blues and part maiden-esque metal. It's almost like Richie Cotson came up with a blues riff and then um agent smith goes well how about we just change this around and make it into a maiden riff it's a bit weird but there's some quite nice tense atmospheres that build and then some richie cotson lead come come in comes in slow drum drum stomp enters and you know what the chorus is okay it to me it's like you've got an iron maiden song that was an outtake that wouldn't have quite made the grade but would have been okay then you slowed it down to like half or a quarter speed it's nothing amazing, but it's all right. Some nice drum bits. I like the ride cymbal groove. So this guy, Tal Bergman, is pretty, you know, clearly he's a good drummer. But then there's loads more guitar solos, and we're in guitar magazine mode again. Um, and then it goes into this ballad. This is 7 minutes 14, this track. So the last two minutes-ish is a ballad-esque coda in 6-8 time signature with... Quite an interesting chord so sequence, but just loads more soloing, and there's too much soloing. Stop soloing, or do it, it, or do it well. There is that, yeah. And that that's why it's too much. It's too much because none of it's good. I said it. Yeah, I said it. I mean, I'll I stand agree. by it. Yeah, but you know this one for me. You don't know me. Oh my god, we are now into you really put these lyrics into a song and then you press that song onto a vinyl <laughs> territory. Yeah. You don't know me. And then it's like, Oh, not you. Yeah. Like, what in the hell is this? This is like junior high gossip crap. Yeah. And, and I look, I know 
like there is a Bruce Kulick record that we should probably do. It's called uh, Bruce Kulick Three. Mm-hmm. You may be able to guess that it was his third album, third mm-hmm. solo album. And this that solo album reminded me very much of it's a lead guitar player doing a solo record who doesn't normally write songs and lyrics. Uh huh. That's how this whole album strikes me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a couple of lead guitar players that don't normally write lyrics or vocal melodies, writing lyrics and vocal melodies. And then on top of that, they didn't even hire a bass player or a drummer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so yeah. this album basically is two dudes doing yeah. everything except like three things. So. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. So, yeah, that's, you know, it's well-worn riffs, screechy, I'm in pain vocals, terrible junior high lyrics. This song blows. Yeah, yeah, I can't disagree with it, with much of that, man. All right, well, um, do you want to stay for what's next, Nick? I want to stay. I really, I don't. I'm just saying that because it's the title. I wanted to bounce on this album at, at this point. I listen to it, you know, so here we are. It's a slow, it's mellow, it's brooding. They're doing their thing. And I'm like, I don't believe any of this. And you're just doing another, you know, it, it, it's this is blues solo improvisation figure D on page 87 of Guitar World magazine from 1993. Mm. Uh, you know, that's, you know, that's what it is. That's what this whole album has been that's what the whole everything continues to be and it's it this is a wasted wasted collaboration yeah well yeah i want to stay um yeah i don't want to stay so yeah look it's a bit southern rockish ballady pretty cheesy there's some kind of string synth that comes in it's terrible it could be an affected <laughs> guitar but it's one of those Maybe it's an Ebo. It's awful. Uh, no, it's not as cool as an Ebo. It's really it's not awful. as cool as an Ebo. No, it's just not. The whole thing's very <laughs> meh. Lots of lead guitars, big dramatic time delays, you know. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's okay, but it's almost like they're trying to do Simple Man, like a big Southern rock kind of ballad, rock ballad anthem. And it's just, oh, no, it's just nowhere near that level. Some nice bendy tappy bits from Cotson, you know, there's kind of but it's all a bit pointless. Um that's, I mean more, that's, that that is the latent motif on this album. It's exactly. all kind of pointless. More solos after more choruses, as is tradition. That's what they do. They go, let's do the chorus, then let's do a load of solos, then let's have some more chorus, then loads more solos, then we stop. So then we stop. It. Yeah, not good. Um it, it, all right. yeah. You have really summed up this song. So uh here then it this this you forgot to say that was the penultimate track. It was the uh, penultimate track. So now the ultimate track. All Chill right, well, tomorrow. I wish it was the ultimate song. Um, but it's um, not interesting tense chords over nice steady drum groove. It's quite a, you know, it's an interestingly constructed bit. To me, this is like Kashmir gone weird. You've got the kind of boom, god drums and you've got the slightly odd unusual chords over the top but it just doesn't quite work the pre-chorus has a lot of vocal harmonies and then they change key, they change key for that and they change key again for the chorus and it's just very catchy commercial 80s style rock and it's pretty boring and then guess what we're gonna do some solos and they go twiddly widdly woodly woodly and then there's even more solos after some more choruses for a change <laughs> And then it ends with this big drum and twiddly wig out. The end. Um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, quite frankly, this particular song on this album destroyed my journalistic credibility and, and lack of bias. Because the song was on. Theoretically, I heard it, but I chose actively to not listen. <laughs> okay, that's, well, there we go. That's, that's I mean, that. That's this whole album to a t for me it you know you've got two amazing players we didn't get any amazing playing and you know the idea for me you know as as somebody who you know i'm not a professional musician 
you know, I, I've never, you know, done this as a job. So where it's like, okay, I got to get this stuff out. But, you know, I would like to think that Rich, that Adrian Smith is not holding back this thing that's in his heart that he can't get out. I would like to think that it's not stupid, corny 80s cheese metal. Yes. That he's just, oh, I just can't get this out and made him. So I got to do it with Richie. I God, I hope that's not what he's holding in his, you know. So it's just like, why? How did this get written? How did this get recorded? Who listened to this and went, this is exactly what we want from you guys? No, exactly, man. Um, yeah, no. Um, look, I wouldn't agree that there's no good playing. I think there is some really good playing. There's some great soloing but it's just not inspired like it's technically great but there's nothing inspired about it and the writing is just very very generic and average so they don't have much to work with so again that's why it ends up feeling like guitar magazine exercise yes and that's a much better way of phrasing it yes i'm not saying they're playing poorly they're playing excellent but they're not writing well and they're not they're not emoting anything they're not they're, they're not catching me. It's, it just sounds like, it just sounds like a whole big album of why did you do this? Exactly. I think the people that will like this album are guitar players who are really into those, those guys. They're really into their guitar techniques. They're really into their tapping and their pre-bend, chew-em, tapping, nose dive, tremolo, pick, whatever's. And um, I think I this think is going to more. Like I think this is going to more appeal to, and I'm going to mention him again, and I'm going to mention this album again. I think this appeals more to the Vinnie Vincent Invasion crowd, the people that still listen to All Systems Go and saying how great of a record that is, and how Vinnie is a gift from God, and we can't have too many Vinnies because it's so beautiful and so powerful, while not accepting that what they're listening to is abject crap. And you're just you're you're listening to a nostalgic memory of your youth, much more than you are the song, mm. and that's what that's what this whole album it, it this whole album is a time capsule from 1987. Oh yeah, oh for sure, man. Yeah, for and sure. that, but I but it's a time capsule from 1987 featuring Adrian Smith, who mm. wasn't a part of that scene. Mm. And the weird thing is, like even the more modern bits, like this is 2021. There's some modern-ish metal on it. But when you think about it, it's like, no, it's like 2002 metal. Like, that's 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's like 1980s with a bit of modern 2001 thrown in there. Um, yeah, nah. I mean, the, the simple question is, what is this record and who is it for? Well, exactly. I think it's for guitar players. And I think... If you are a guitar player and you're into your you're you're into really getting nerdy about solos and you're really picky about, I don't know, hearing different techniques in solos and um, variation, varied styles of lead guitar playing and all that. And you want the guys that can really, really play technically right up there with the best, then yeah, look, there is quite a lot of that here. But if you want actual good inspired songs, no, this is not it at all. That's the problem. And and that is the problem. And for me, music, look, when I was, like I say, when I was first playing guitar, when I guess when I first started to get quite good at the guitar. I'm not, I'm not saying I can play like these guys, but, you know, um, I can play pretty well. Um, but when, when I first started to get good at the guitar, I um, I started to listen to some more technical music and I started to maybe, maybe go down the wrong path of um, focusing on the technicality of the music, perhaps a bit too much. And then I, I kind of stopped myself after a while and I went, whoa, 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 hang on. Let's just get back to basics here. What is music all about? And then I realized that it's all about the emotional experience. That's why people get into music. They don't, you don't get into music because you know that the guy's moving his hands or his fingers at this particular speed. And that's hard to do. So that's a cool thing. It's not like 
gymnastics where you're like, oh my gosh, that's what they're doing with the human body. That's why it's amazing. No, it's a sound that gives you an emotional experience. So I then stopped caring so much about what the people were doing technically and started caring. That became a means to an end, which I think is the right way. Um, and the end being that sonic emotional experience. And this does not give a good sonic emotional experience for me. I would, I would agree with much of that. The difference for me is I do appreciate the technicality more. Yeah. But the thing is, is that the technicality has to serve a song and it has to serve a purpose. Yeah, exactly. And yes, it should be more of a means to an end, but I will give somebody more marks for more technical song. And this, these things are technical for the sake of technical mm. without, there's no story. Yeah. And it's, you, you shouldn't write a book, you shouldn't write a novel, you shouldn't write a song, you shouldn't write a movie unless you have something to say. Yeah. And it's not even, look, because you've got someone like Steve Vai who, yes, sometimes that is kind of technical for the sake of technical, but it's sometimes, Always. but it's like that. It's so sort of over the top that you can, it's so in your face with it that you're like, but well, okay. He's writing not- songs. Yeah, well, exactly. He's still writing songs. And also, it's not pretending to be anything else. It's like, yes, look, I am showing off here. I'm doing this outrageously crazy thing with the guitar. And that's the point of this right now. Mm-hmm. Whereas these guys are trying to, to write sort of emotional, I don't know what it's meant to be, sort of bluesy radio rock. But really, it's just an excuse for them to piddle around doing guitar solos that are pointless. So yeah, I don't, yeah, uh, bin it, bin it, bin it. That's me. Yeah, for me, it's now. I will admit, um, the reason why I never listened to this before is because I don't like Richie Cotton as a human being. Okay, you know somebody who steals uh, his bandmate's fiance while on tour. Mm-hmm. You, you. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a tough thing to come back from. So mm-hmm. that's why I don't listen to the Winery Dogs. That's why I don't listen to i didn't listen to this going in but i i love adrian smith i love iron maiden i even gave uh british lion by steve harris yeah Mm -hmm. and you know i i've got some bruce bruce dickinson solo albums you know i i keep tabs on the boys and iron maiden regardless of who they're doing it with yeah but i didn't check this one out because of richie and, and frankly, I wish I hadn't checked it out now after hearing it. And <laughs> it's the best way to describe it is imagine like they're, they're still selling vinyl copies and CD copies, the standard versions. And that's fine. That's great. No, no shade there. But imagine spending $25 or $27 on a record just to get music that's not any better than the rando stuff on the radio. Yeah, exactly. And I agree. I agree, man. So, yes, for me, it is an absolute Bennett. There is no point in this album ever existing. Yeah, agreed, man. Well, that's about all I've got. Um, Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. If you could take a moment to subscribe and review the show, I would appreciate that. Thank you and goodbye. Have a good week.